Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Movies. As always, I'm Johnny Mockney, and my guest today is another first-timer on the podcast. He's a friend of mine. He's a wonderful comic, uh, an incredible musician. He's part of the band Party, P-A-R-T-I. He's also, obviously, a member of the Salsa Parlor, uh, many members of which you've heard the voices of on this podcast many times before. Um, but Jake wanted to talk about dirty work in honor of the great Norm MacDonald, who unfortunately passed away just a couple of weeks ago. And um, if you're even the slightest bit of a comedy fan, Norm MacDonald is practically royalty to you, most likely. And um, obviously, I mean, even to us low-level Midwestern comics, I... Uh, Norm meant a whole lot to all of us. And so um, I thought it was a wonderful idea to uh, pay tribute to Norm on this podcast and uh, also in doing so highlight what Jake and I both think is an incredibly underrated comedy from the 1990s. Uh, One of the greatest assemblages of funny people ever uh, on any screen. And also just a perfect showcase of norm mcdonald's skill as a performer and as a writer so without any further ado please enjoy this very special episode of we are movies all right so re-recording this i'm going to bring up the same topics i did a bit ago and we're just going to pretend that we never talked about them once before yeah yeah (laughs) um i don't know if you know this (laughs) but i was going to tell you that um you are the last member of salsa parlor to finally make it onto this podcast but you pointed out that really uh, am i (laughs) you are yeah no fucking clue man yeah and then i would think that you would after me telling you that you would maybe tell me that uh luke nesbitt is actually the last member of salsa parlor not he was never a member of salsa parlor This is a bit, in case he's listening. This is a bit, Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sorry. Uh, no, but thanks for having me. Appreciate of course. It, man. No, of course. I'm happy to have you. And Luke, if you're listening, we'll do the Fight Club episode eventually. Uh, and um, th- this was kind of, this kind of happened on, because we've been talking about, like, every time, every time we see each other, we talk a little bit about, like, doing an episode eventually, but a movie never really came up. Yeah, and no, not until recently. Not until recently, because you messaged me, what, a couple days ago? I messaged you, uh, yeah, basically after I watched Dirty Work for the first time. And yeah. I was like, I think I found the movie I want to talk about Yeah, on Johnny's podcast. Okay, that's so f- that's cool, because I feel like so many people come on here and it's like, this is a movie from my childhood, or this is a movie that, you know, I've watched it a hundred times, but this was one that, like, just hit you on the first watch. Yeah, it's not even that it, like, really hit me in any sort of, like, I'm, like, I'm not going to be pretend like uh just because norm's not here anymore like the, the movie had like a profound impact on my life and will continue to yeah. i just thought it was a really funny movie and i was like shocked that i had never watched it for yeah. whatever reason i just never had gotten around to seeing it i like i think part of that comes down to not hearing about it until like i started doing comedy and then also just not being able to like find it on any streaming services yeah do, do you because actually this is weird because i just watched it 
also, I mean, we probably watched it for the same reason, because I watched it the day that Norm passed. Yeah, no, I realized I'd still never watched the movie, and then I saw that it was, uh, like, I saw on Instagram, like, Consequence of Sound did, like, a, like, Rest in Peace post, and then they were, like, Dirty Work is streaming on HBO, and I was like, oh, cool, I'm gonna go watch it now, yeah. for the first time. Like, finally, I can actually sit down and watch it. Were you, have you been a Norm Macdonald fan? Oh, yeah, 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 for, like, years, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, my introduction to Norm was way before I even was, like, into stand-up or, like, doing stand-up comedy. He had a sports show on Comedy Central. Oh, yeah. Uh, called, like, Norm Does Sports back in the day, and I just thought it was really funny. I, I think Norm Macdonald is kind of this, like, enigma of comedy, where he, he's been around for a while, and, like, really... I mean, he was so semi-famous in the 90s. He had a sitcom and stuff like that. But I feel like he didn't become the guy that we think... Like, he's always been this guy, but, like, we didn't properly appreciate him as he was until, like, I think well into his... Probably his 50s or something. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of, like, him... What he did on, like, SNL with Weekend Update, people, yeah. like... Everybody respected him and, like, knew he was funny, but... uh I always thought he was, like, slightly underappreciated as well, uh, just a, for a, a lot of things that he did within comedy, and just, he just always kind of kept it real, like, he was yeah. always honest, and he didn't, like, sometimes he would take, like, somber moments and feel like, oh, I don't need to be funny, I actually want to give my actual opinion here, uh, and I just think that's kind of, like, it's kind of rare, yeah, especially with comedians nowadays, so... That's that's a thing I'll miss about Norm for sure. You could tell he really didn't like Bill Clinton or O.J. Simpson. <laughs> those... yeah. No, he didn't like any either of those guys. <laughs> you ever see the uh, the the thing he did on the View where he's he's like, yeah, Bill Clinton, he murdered a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he killed a guy in cold blood. And that that was like that was in the nineties, and and that's also a whole other thing where um, they clearly don't kind of get like obviously he's expressing his opinion, but. It's also, like, they don't quite get why what he's doing is funny. Like, yeah. there's a bit that I laugh so hard at where they're, like, because they keep trying to get him off that topic, and then he just goes, all right, manslaughter. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's the funniest part of the whole interview. And I think it's, like, Joy Behar is going, like, you're supposed to be funny, Norm. I'm like, shut up, Joy. He is funny. No, like, that, was, uh, that was uh, Barbara Walters. Sorry, right. Barbara Walters said that. Joy was just telling him to shut up. She was laughing. Yeah. Like, that's, the, I, that's the only thing that person I like ever liked on The View was Joy Behar, because she'd always go to bat for comedians, because she is a She's stand-up. One. Yeah. 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 It, well, didn't... Um, was it Joy or was it Barbara Walters who said you're not going to have a career after this? I believe it was Barbara Walters. Okay, because that is probably my favorite part of the interview because it's 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 the beginning of his career. That wasn't even the peak. Yeah, <laughs> of yeah, his no, career. he he he's I mean a legendary figure, obviously, and like he's he's the thing I think is so funny about him is like uh, he's one of the few comedians who's just kind of bulletproof. Yeah, like like in terms of like getting in terms of getting something? canceled. Yeah, I mean like they even they tried to like a year ago or whatever. But like, I I just think in terms of him, it's just he's so funny and it's yeah. it's so obvious if you have any like semblance of a sense of humor that everything he's doing is for laughs and yeah. you he's not to really be taking seriously. So right, um, but he I think he also had like a cadence and like the way he spoke almost lent itself to people taking him seriously sometimes so sure. that could be uh 
kind of tricky for him. Like, I mean, I don't know if you remember like a couple of years ago when he, he was doing like press for his tour or not his tour, but uh, his his Netflix show that he had coming out. Norm Macdonald has a show. Yes. Yeah. And, Which was uh, just kind of an extension of Norm Macdonald Live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he got in trouble for <clears throat> saying something negative about the Me Too movement. I don't remember what it was that he said specifically. I, I think it was he was trying to say like he was making the case for like oh well you don't know what it's like to be me too or something. But yeah. but he was he talked about it in a broader sense where he said like after Roseanne got canceled, he had Louis CK call her on the phone to talk to her and like comfort her or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was something along the lines of like your heart can break for two people at once or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But um so he got like a lot of shit for that and was people were like trying to cancel him. He went and back it, on the view to talk to him. He went it. back on the <laughs> Well, no, he first he went on Howard Stern to apologize. Yes. And this is one of the funniest things I think Norm has ever done. <laughs> And it's for all the wrong reasons. It's just so outlandish and <laughs> just so norm that it just it kills me every time I think about it. Yeah. He's on Howard Stern and they like start talking about the Me Too controversy and he's like talking about his like views of shift down. He's, he says something along the lines of he's like, uh, yeah, you I think now personally I think you'd have to be autistic to not support the <laughs> Me Too movement. I think he said you'd have to have Down syndrome. Yeah, yeah, you'd was, have to have yeah. something along those lines and it was and then he had to go on the view and make like a double apology. <laughs> And it was hilarious, but also at the same time, it was like the only time I've ever seen Norm uh, look genuinely like fucking sad and being like, I actually think I might have to watch what I'm saying now. Yeah, I remember the comments on that interview on The View. Yeah, and it was were like saying, he realized irony is dead. And people were saying they broke Norm. Like it was the only time you don't see him like smiling. Like yeah. he And he genuinely, it's the only time I've ever, ever seen Norm talking where I think he was actually meaning what he said or at least felt gravity behind what he was saying and there wasn't any hint of irony to like i mean you can make the argument that yeah he was doing damage control and maybe he didn't mean what he said or whatever but like he was genuinely it was like it was bizarre to i see think he felt way. genuinely bad that he hurt people's feelings with that yeah uh, sure. i think he's i don't think he was a callous guy and he's like no no i think in terms of like as far as like comedians go because a lot of us are very callous and don't give a fuck about how people feel he definitely was on the more empathetic side and like that is never has been his intention to like want to hurt people with stand-up or like jokes but like yeah that was an interesting interview because it was just the the sad look on his face and he was just like is there's just something and it was just like oh yeah irony is just it's just people don't get it anymore it's Mm -hmm. dead like it's my half of what i do is now irrelevant to a lot of people yeah, and it's interesting because, like, I feel like he... Because he was a joke writer in, like, the purest sense, that he wrote jokes and... Yeah, like, almost, like, classic-style jokes, too. Yeah. Like, almost, like, vaudevillian-style jokes. Like, the moth <laughs> joke is one that obviously comes to mind. Yeah, the moth joke. Um, th- there's a bit where he, he was on David Spade's underrated show, Lights Out, the show mm-hmm. that ended way too early. But I agree. They were talking about all his O.J. Simpson jokes back from when he did Weekend he, I Update. I just watched that clip last did you? night with Dennis Miller. Yeah, with Dennis Miller. talking about it. Yeah. And it was so funny because it's like the the moment they're actually trying to like egg him on to talk about O.J. more, he's just like, <laughs> you know what? I, you know, he's O.J. Like, I've changed my I've tune. <laughs> changed my tune. He was innocent, you know, and then he says he just, all he is is one of the best rushers yeah. in the history of the NFL. Maybe I was one of the best rushers to judge yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> Which is also like a classic. Goes all that for that. (laughs) (laughs) Which all that for that is almost a 
it's almost just kind of summarizes Norm Macdonald's. Yeah, his here. whole style of stand-up is, yeah, it was all that for that. Yes, right. exactly. But you remember the porpoise joke? The one that um, ends, it's about Jacques de Coutillot. And it's like this long, like ridiculously long story that ends with a, a, a guy feeding a dolphin saying, I think I served a good porpoise. And then that's the punchline. And then he doesn't even let the punchline sit. He just changes the topic really quickly. So like, it's... You know, I have never heard that joke, but uh, that is that is a really funny thing to me because I feel like he... Un- unwittingly made a bunch of like lame people start using the purpose porpoise like <laughs> right. fill in the, 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 the what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, the gap of that like there's a word for it in terms yeah. of like what ju- puns yeah sure yeah, pun- puns okay. yeah. I don't know, don't know why that word was escaping me yeah well it's like yeah so it's like it's this weird like semi-ironic twist on classic vaudevillian humor yeah and, yeah yeah and also a little bit of the old like guy on johnny carson with a suit and rolled up sleeves like let me tell you something folks or yeah like do you remember when he was on on conan and he was like let me tell you my wife is a real battle axe and he's doing yeah. like <laughs> yeah. classic wife jokes but they're yeah. all like a little <laughs> just, <laughs> just a little, a little off. off yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah nah man oh and, and i think that's kind of brings me to what i think is the genius of dirty work where this movie got written off at the time as like another, oh, we're trying to make this guy the next big comedy star. Yeah. And it didn't work. Critically panned. Critically panned. Um, and this is, you know, hot off of like a string of like Jim Carrey with his movies and Chris Farley. Adam and Sandler. Adam Sandler. I mean, Norm had been in Billy Madison at that point. Yeah. And that was probably the first thing I ever saw Norm in. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Think. Now that I think about it, besides Norm does sports, yeah, that definitely was it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then also Fairly Odd Parents. He was, uh, he played a, he played a, a fairy named Norm on the show. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Look that up on YouTube later. But, I will. Um, but no, it was, it was, uh, but especially, maybe it's like the hindsight of, what we know that Norm is now that makes Dirty Work work better. We can kind of see more of what he was doing. But, like, because I don't know about you, I feel like the movie is very ahead of its time in, in its, in some ways, in its sense of humor. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. Yeah? I, I think... I think one of the funniest bits in the whole movie that just it just keeps happening... And it happens like, I don't know, like 20, 30 times is him just getting like thrown out of a building or into a dumpster. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's simple, but like effective. And uh, I think, I don't know, I think comedians tend to like overthink a lot of things sometimes. And we uh, forget that sometimes things are just inherently funny without us adding a bunch of stuff to it. And Norm just realized that like, hey... It is funny to watch me get thrown through a plate glass window and into a dumpster <laughs> and onto the sidewalk. Like, it's a joke in the movie that just doesn't get old for whatever reason. And I think um, the biggest thing I always wondered about Dirty Work, having known about it and knowing that Norm Macdonald was a lead actor in a movie at one time, I, like, couldn't figure out... I was like, what kind of performance would he give? And it's like... Because, you know, he is this guy who has this ironic detachment in all of his his interviews and his stand-up and stuff like that. And you never quite know exactly how much of his cadence is calculated and, and, and you know, like, how much of it he means. And then in Dirty Work, he seems so, like, opposed to the very idea of acting. Like, it's, like, almost... 
like yeah. performance art uh i was talking to zach about it because I, I watched the movie a second time and i made zach watch it with me and we were talking about it and he said he said something that i really agreed with was like that guy a lot of times when like norm is delivering lines in that movie it feels like his stand-up is kind of shining through or like his yeah. stand-up delivery like something that comes to mind is like when they get like they get beat up by those like frat dudes and then they're like in the cop uniforms like calling the real cops and like he says something that feels like Oh yeah, what, uh, what did you think about that when they were beating us mercilessly? <laughs> right. And yeah. It just it just sounds like something he would say it as a punchline of a stand-up joke. Yeah. It I think his delivery makes 90% of the jokes. Like Yeah, yeah. Um one bit that feels I think very ahead of its time and and like incredibly ironic that I'm sure people weren't like getting at the time was they do this like very crass, very typical like oh guys get raped in prison joke. Where, oh my god, the prison scene is so he, funny. He and Artie Lang's character go to prison, and it's like there's already a joke before that of like Artie not knowing that men get sexually assaulted in prison. Yeah, and then a bunch of guys come up to Norm. They're just like, hey, come with us. And he's like, oh, and he like goes with them. And later it cuts back to him walking back, pulling his pants up, but talking in this like very like indignant way, just like, like oh. you can't believe it just happened. He's insulted. He's insulted. He's like, you know, I got a good mind to go to the warden about this. Disgraceful. Yeah. Just disgraceful. Just the lack of respect. <laughs> the lack of, that's what really sticking in my craw is the lack of respect. And then they're about to walk out of the prison. So he's like, they're getting out of jail. He just, he stops and turns against like, ridiculous <laughs> it's and that's great because it's like that's where i like finally got the joke like it's like he knows this type of joke has existed in movies yeah a thousand times and well most people fail at making something that dark funny right. also like he took something and made it very lighthearted, what when it shouldn't be well and the problem i feel like the uncanny thing when you watch a lot of those old comedies is they tend to always think rape was funny if it happened to a man you know and um and it's like it's just uncomfortable to watch those now, but I don't feel uncomfortable watching the scene in Dirty Work because I feel like he's very explicitly saying like, "Yeah, no, that's a horrifying thing." Yeah, he got it. That happens to a person. He understands the the fucking uh, awfulness of that occurring right. Right, at any right. point. Yeah, in a way, um, I, I think I I feel like this is sort of like on the opposite end, but kind of doing a similar thing as like what Tom Green did with Freddie Got Fingered, mm -hmm. which have you seen that? I have. Yeah. Okay. Whereas like in Freddie Got Fingered, Tom Green does the, this is a goofy guy comedy where we have this one lead kind of thrown into the story. Uh, and he's like a slacker character or whatever, mm -hmm. but Tom Green overplays everything to the extreme. He plays his character like a psychopath who has no, motivation for, for why he does these insane things yeah yeah and then norm mcdonald underplays everything where it's like he's barely even like pretending that he's actually a character in a movie and he he has this yeah. sort of sly disconnect from everything yeah that's happening. well i i i agree with that because like in terms of like freddie got fingered it's like would a would a slacker loser who lives at home with his parents and draw cartoons would he set up a a convoluted string trap of sausages to annoy his father. <laughs> right, right. No, he wouldn't. He would go draw cartoons and smoke weed. Yeah, no, definitely. It, and then, yeah. Keep, like, underplaying a slacker character is perfect because they're supposed to be a slacker. They're not yeah. supposed to be high-energy people. Right, right. And, and, and I feel like that was almost, you know, Tom Green's whole thing was like, hey, let's do that thing that you do in comedies, but let's just make it 
so much that it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And then with Norm Macdonald, it's like, let's make it so little that you think this isn't quite right. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but... It, and then I think it's it speaks ill of our society that neither of these guys became movie stars after their after their movies. Particularly uh, Norm, like I feel particularly like... Norm. I can see why people would be a little apprehensive <laughs> to put Tom Green in more movies after Freddie Got Fingered. Sure, yeah. Particularly because of the elephant scene, <laughs> right? And yeah. you know the skateboarding mini ramp scene and, and the and, baby you know, scene and like eighteen other movie. scenes in that movie. The part that where are he pretty leaks deplorable. an exposed bone uh, on a guy's leg. <laughs> Or how about the part where he crawls into a, a deer that's roadkilled it on the side of the, on the side of the road? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I think that's a masterpiece, but I'll save that for another. Oh, time. I mean, it is a masterpiece. <laughs> we should talk about that. Has anybody talked about that movie? On no, there? no. We should, we could definitely right, do change that. plans. Scrap this episode. <laughs> this start, is now Freddy Gaffer. Started over. No, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like him playing uh, a slacker and just like kind of underplaying it, like does set. A different kind of tone for that movie yeah as opposed to say like billy madison right yeah, yeah. well in, in billy madison's a bit different because he's a supporting character and he he still has that normish quality i think when you watch it again no i but, meant like the slacker as oh, a, the character of billy madison the oh slacker. yeah yeah like I adam sandler right. versus norm mcdonald like the two differences in the way they play that type of character yeah. i think lends to like a very different tone yeah well I, I think the other thing maybe the thing that really resonated with people about sandler at the time was that he he like was performing he was playing a character mm-hmm. you know he does these voices that aren't him uh voices that people like to do impressions of and stuff like that you yeah know? yeah um and then since Norm seems so disinterested, they're just like, oh, he's phoning it in. Where it's like, they don't realize this is the performance. Yeah, like, yeah. This is, like, the part, one part that just had me cackling was when they, because, for those who haven't watched the movie, uh, the plot is that Norm MacDonald's character and Artie Lang's character need to raise money uh, so that a gambling doctor played by Chevy Chase can save the life of Artie's father, who's played by Jack Warden, who we early on find out is also norm's father um which that is one great scene where i think another perfect example the of are like, you a betting man scene well i do love the are you a betting oh, okay because yeah, yeah, chevy yeah. chase is great in the movie he's so funny in that movie one of uh, like one of and this is a late period chevy chase movie this is like the late 90s yeah he's he's old yeah he's past his 80s prime. he's past people liking him oh for sure yeah. and i think that kind of lends itself to the role because yeah. he's not playing an endearing character he's... no no he's a very <laughs> unlikable piece of shit doctor yeah <laughs> yeah but in a way there there's almost this like i, I see that him and norm Macdonald in this movie is this weird like passing of the torch where I feel like Norm is taking the ball and running from where Chevy Chase went, where Chevy Chase in his movies was very, like, aloof mm-hmm. and kind of half in it, and that was his whole thing, that he kind of didn't care. And then Norm is like that, but to this absurd extent, that kind of comes back around, almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I like that Chevy plays the role also, like, very, very low-key, you know? It's still, like like, the way that he's just... You know, he gets his feet shot off by a shotgun, but it's still very, like... Like, you know what's weird is, like, when, when they'll shoot your feet off with a shotgun, you still have to own the money. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> no, um, they broke his arm. Yeah, well, they broke his arm, then they shot his toes oh, off. did they shoot his toes off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'm missing that. Because he, he gains injuries as the movie progresses. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But... It's crazy, they'll throw you out a moving car and you still own the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like... Uh, there's a great part when... Um, I was going to say, when Norm finds out that his 
that Jack Warden is his dad. There's it's like a great subversion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, where he says to him like, he's like tr- trying to prove to him that he's his dad. He goes, take this locket. He gives him this locket around his neck, and it's like you've seen this scene in movies before where there's like a memento. This is like this belonged to your mother or something. Yeah. But he just opens it, and the way he delivers, like ah, it's you having sex with my mom. No, he goes, <laughs> he he does a little does it even better. He goes, ah, oh, it's you and my mom, and you're having sex. <laughs> Like, he adds on the you're having Yeah, sex. yeah, the line after is what really got you off guard, because you're like, why is he so disgusted by a picture of him and his mom? He's like, oh, they're boning. Right. It's like, who would show that to a person? Who would carry that around with them? Right. Well, and it's like a, it's the most literal interpretation of that type of scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, here's me having sex with your mom. To it's prove quite literally dad. the funniest thing you could do with that premise. <laughs> no, it's definitely. the absolute, like, there shouldn't be any scenes like that. And in, in, in terms of comedy movies, there shouldn't be another scene with, like, a locket anymore. Because nothing's gonna top what they did in Dirty Work with that shit. Like and, that's so funny. And Norm, it's another one where like Norm's delivery just sells it. Yeah, exactly. He also seems kind of like not. Oh, like, it's he, you and my mom. Right, and you're having sex. <laughs> it's like fake surprise. Like, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> um, and then another bit is when they um, because basically yeah, they 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 do revenge for hire. Him and Artie Lang, and they end up doing one or like one of the early ones is uh, David Koechner plays this like car salesman. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing a live TV broadcast, so they do a thing where they hire prostitutes to get inside of the trunks of his cars and pretend to be dead. And just like the way he delivers, like, hey, it's a dead hooker in your trunk. <laughs> it's oh my god, it's another dead hooker. <laughs> Never in my life have I seen so many dead hookers. <laughs> And then it cuts to that one dude who's like, Lord knows I have. <laughs> Which is a great joke. There's so many funny lines in that movie, dude. Yeah. Um, I should also mention, I mean, we've talked about it a bit, but the supporting cast of this movie is insane, too. It right. is a star-studded cast. Yeah. John Goodman is in this movie for about 30 seconds for absolutely no reason. Right. Did it, not need this at this point in his career. He plays the mayor yeah. in, in the third act of the movie. And it's weird because I don't think he even does like a joke. Like, it's like the joke is just, it's John Goodman. Yeah, no, that does does seem to be the joke. There's like, there's no laugh at whatever line he delivers. Right. It's just him, like, bringing somebody up on a stage. There's also a very brief Adam Sandler appearance as the devil. Yes. Um, yeah, after they eat the, uh, like, the... Uh, they're testing brownies. Testing brownies. Yeah, right. yeah, like in a control group, and they're getting paid, like, 50 bucks, and mm. they're like... Yeah, you might get, like, itchy, or you might get, like, a slight itch, and, like, Norm MacDonald, like, breaks out and has hallucinations and, like, yeah. hallucinates that Artie in the car with him is actually Adam Sandler as the devil and no, they're driving Artie's Gary Coleman. Oh, yeah, yeah, Artie is Gary Coleman. And Adam Sandler is the devil who's right, in front Right, of him. right, right, right. Yeah, and yeah. Gary Coleman's like, what you talking about, devil? Like, <laughs> what you talking about, Satan? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also um, Chris Farley's in this movie. You know? Yes. I mean, that, that shows how many great things are in this movie that we're just now bringing up chris farley's character right. in this movie because he's incredible yeah so funny and it's it's a classic like his whole thing is that a, a, a prostitute in saigon bit his nose off yeah and it just keeps coming up or his delivery where he goes like that's saigon whore yeah and yeah, then yeah. but then he'll like like he's very soft like i like in his first scene where they introduce him as being very mad but then they're like oh we're just kidding like we'll get you a beer he's like oh ah, okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And he turns his, into that like Tommy i was just gonna character. say his introduction into the movie is like one of the funniest parts of his character because like it's just it's just norm mcdonald and Artie sitting at the bar and he's like yeah you know things could be worse at least i didn't get my nose bit off by a saigon whore <laughs> and then it's like it's like a back angle of farley and he just slowly turns his head and he's got this like super angry look on his face yeah. he's like you bastard 
it's and a, then it's how a movie quickly, star reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how quickly it goes from like him being angry to be like, oh no, we'll buy you a beer. You're fine. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and that's actually it's weird. Chris Farley, I think this was his last movie. I believe. I believe it was. It came out posthumously. I think he's uncredited in the movie actually, even though he's like. So I thought he was like a cameo, but he's kind of like a supporting role. He comes back. Yeah, multiple he times. has a good amount of screen time in the movie. Yeah, uh, he comes back quite a few times. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's a welcome part of the movie. And um, as we mentioned, Chevy Chase and uh, uh, Christopher McDonald, who was also a Shooter McGavin and yeah, Happy Gilmore, the bad guy in uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah, he, he's he's like that punchable face kind of guy who always plays this type of character he is like perfect for those type of roles and i i don't know why he doesn't really act anymore has he been in anything not that i not recently i remember he plays a similar role in superhero movie does he with drake bell and leslie oh oh i thought you meant a superhero no no the movie oh god like the parody movie (laughs) i i know yeah i don't have any interest in watching that ever again it's yeah it's not good it's pretty bad it's it's better than like disaster movie an epic movie but that's not saying sure date movie those are barely movies after anything that's like a parody movie that's not scary movie is pretty dog shit yeah post scary movie parodies were yeah pretty bad we are meet the spartans that's what it is yeah it's so bad did you ever see stan helsing i did uh uh, it's got fucking Keenan Thompson's, Thompson's in it. Leslie Nielsen got... plays a woman in it. I remember. That yeah, yeah. Um, and the guy who plays Stan Helsing is like Kevin and Shameless. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's that, it's that dude. He really did move on to way better things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't see that movie. I saw that movie when I was like seventeen, and it was like <laughs> airing on Comedy Central at like nine in the morning. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" It was yeah. Bad. That's what those movies are cursed to do. Air it. On Comedy Central at times when nobody's yeah, watching. when people are either waking up or yeah. uh, coming down from a Coke bin. <laughs> yeah, or they haunt the bargain bins of Walmarts and stuff. Yeah. yeah like the, that's, uh, it's, they have a $5 sticker that's been crossed off in Sharpie and now reads $1. <laughs> They're just trying to get rid of them. They're like, please. Please buy this. We can't keep So we don't have to pollute them. the ocean with 30,000 <laughs> copies of Stan Helsing. <laughs> You want dolphins? You want that's these how com- the dolphins would die. You want these compact discs to break down and dolphins to breathe in fucking <laughs> Blu-rays of Stan Housing? No, they never made that on Blu-ray. <laughs> it, was, it never made it past a DVD. It's fucking, that's a VHS. I think classic. The, the dolphins just killed themselves for the only movie they had access to was Stan Housing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, I love I love the plot of Dirty Work because it's one of those plots that just kind of sets you up for a series of vignettes. Like it's not really interested in story. No, know? not really. Um, I think it was a really original plot as far as like a comedy movie goes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing really, there's nothing like it. Yeah, and there's really no meat on the bones of this story. Like, or there's sorry, there's no fat on the bones of the story. No, where like I feel like another version of this movie would try to like make the love subplot sincere. Or other, th- like, to just kind of, like, add more scenes yeah. of where it's just, like, it's not interesting They didn't in need to do anything. They didn't need to add anything to that movie. If me and Johnny haven't convinced you that you need to watch this movie yet, uh, this is the most convincing thing, in, in especially in modern times. Um, Dirty Work runs about 82 minutes. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that is, it's honestly, tight. it's the best. When yeah. you're just trying to watch a movie and chill, you're like... 
okay, cool. I can just watch this 80 minute movie or I could watch the Irishman and be here all fucking night. Like I'm yeah. tired of everything being way too long. So I kind of miss the era of like nineties comedies when everything was like 80 to 90 minutes. I, Perfect runtime. I hate to uh, bust the man's balls because I do like him, but I think it's partially Judd Apatow's fault. Oh, comedies yeah. are so bloated now. Yeah. Like they're all just like, cause it's full of riffing. They let the actors riff and they just want to keep everything in. Too. Yeah. So like every Seth Rogen comedy is like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Well that, and like, uh, they're like, we got to make every comedy movie like super dramatic at one point for about 40 minutes. It's got to get real serious. Right. The, like right the last that. half of funny people is, uh, one of the worst movies in my opinion, like ever made. Really? Oh yeah. yeah the like last the last half of Funny because People it gets is pretty unwatchable, dour. dude. It's fucking really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, dude, Gosh. this is not why. I, nothing about the trailer for this movie would have made me guess that this is how it was gonna go. And that is such a wasted opportunity too, because I feel like that's a movie that could have been amazing. Like it could have been about comedy. And it's it's also like that movie could have been to Adam Sandler what Unforgiven is to Clint Eastwood. Like yeah. it's like this sort of reflexive looking on, back on my persona and who i am and what i've built over these years and yeah what i regret and stuff like that yeah it could have been like a legitimately great movie about a comedian's like journey into death right because he's essentially he's just trying to fuck his ex-girlfriend right right. (laughs) like what are you doing oh yeah and 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 then, Avatar's just like, well, I wanted Adam Sandler to fuck my wife in a movie. That's a weird thing. I, Why don't you get cucked by Adam Sandler? Judd Apatow keeps cucking himself with movies where, like, he casts his wife, Leslie Mann, and then his actual kids is her kids. Yeah. And there's always somebody else as the Judd dad. Apatow's at a pitch meeting right now. He's like, oh, yeah, my next comedy, uh, uh my wife, Leslie Mann's actually going to do <laughs> anal with The Rock. <laughs> and that's the movie. <laughs> that's the whole movie. We're going to show full anal penetration. <laughs> um no it is weird judd you gotta cut that out um um it's odd yeah you gotta stop doing that and you gotta stop doing stand-up bro Those oh yeah things, no that judd. special was rough and it's weird because judd's apatow is a huge stand-up fan yeah like huge comedy and he puts all these great comics in his movies like i mean king of Staten island had like you know bill burr and uh, yeah yeah and he's uh, a great writer obviously too like have you yeah. ever seen that green room clip uh, the Paul Provenza show yeah, where yeah. Ray Romano's talking about seeing Judd Apatow do stand-up for the first time. He's like, yeah, I remember seeing you do stand-up for the first time being like, oh, that guy's going to be a great writer. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, and, and and Ray Romano like hit the nail on the head. Yeah, like, no, exactly. That's exactly what I, because like, I mean, I saw that clip and then I watched his special and I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's accurate. But his movies have good scripts. They just need to be probably 20 minutes shorter. Tighten it up, man. Tighten, Tighten it, it up. up. Loosen you know well there was that joke on like the uh james franco rest in peace james uh james franco (laughs) roast that like uh seth rogan was like yeah uh, comedy central was gonna have uh judd apatow direct this roast but they didn't want it to be 45 minutes too long (laughs) it's true um and and the 40 year old virgin is one of my favorite comedies oh me too but but also a movie that could have been a little shorter for sure but yeah um it's like doesn't dude that movie's like two hours and 15 minutes at least the unrated version is, yeah, I think. Yeah, super long. That's the other thing. Then they come out on Blu-ray and they're like, now it's even longer. And I'm like, that that wasn't it's my issue with the movie. Cut. My problem with this movie wasn't that it was too it's short. It's the extended cut of the 40-year-old version. Watch Steve Carell actually <laughs> jack off in his trailer waiting for lighting. He didn't even know we were recording. <laughs>
<laughs> Steve Carell like got the Blu-ray of the movie. I was like, wait, what the fuck? Also, if you buy the Blu-ray, we have a we have a scene of Steve Carell also <laughs> jacking off in his trailer in the office while they're also setting up for lighting. <laughs> it's like the Blu-ray for Knocked Up. It's like also if you get this movie, there's scenes of Steve Carell jacking off in his trailer. <laughs> he's, and he's like, he's I'm not, not even in, in that movie. movie. He's not in the movie, but he is jacking off. <laughs> um anyway uh uh we digress but yeah the point was uh dirty work is is we had to throw some funny shit in there (laughs) we've been talking very somberly about how much we love norm mcdonald so i had to throw in some steve carell jacks off jokes for measure yeah steve come on the podcast um oh he's gonna hear this and be be on (laughs) yeah this is we're gonna discuss the four-year-old version (laughs) have you done that one yet I haven't yet. Oh, there's like a lot of movies that I ask you about that I'm surprised uh, people haven't like bugged you to do yet. The only like of those types of comedies I've ever done, I did Pineapple Express with Dan Curry. Okay. And then I did an, uh, um, uh, Super Bad with this uh, guy, Zach Liss. Uh, yeah. So. I'm Mike. And I'm Allison. We've both been guests on We Are Movies before. We love talking movies with Johnny. But I'm a jealous boy. You are. That's why we've decided to talk movies with with each each other. other. We started our own podcast called You You Made Made Me Me Watch. Watch. Each week we make each other watch a movie the other has never seen. You Made Me Watch. New episodes every Friday. But no, I actually don't do many comedies on here. And maybe it's it's hard sometimes because it's hard to talk about a comedy and like because you're almost kind of ruining it. You're talking about why it's funny. Yeah, I mean, nothing makes something more unfunny than talking about why it's funny. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But at, at the same time, it's like, the case needs to be made for Dirty Work as a movie, where it's like, this isn't a movie that's like a canon classic, you know? And it's like, out of the 90s comedies that people remember, I think this is one of the best 90s comedies I've seen. Yeah. Um, and I really wanted to make like a case in point, because like... I didn't want to watch the movie and just, like, only think it was good because of how much I love Norm. Sure, uh, yeah. So I had to, like, make a conscious effort to, like, you know, give, like, an uh, an objectionable, you know, or an objective, you know, take on the movie. And I do, like, I do think it stands as, like, one of the funniest movies I've seen from the 90s era of, like, comedies. Because, yeah. like, who were, like, the kings of, like, the 90s comedies movies? It was, you know, like, is Adam Sandler, obviously. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was huge. Um, I mean, Ben Stiller, kind ben of. Ben Stiller. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Meet the Parents was massive. Yeah, and there's something about Mary and something, um, something Yeah, there's something about that movie so funny. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, really, there's... I think it's just those three that were, like, the juggernauts of, like, comedy movies. I can't even think of anybody else who, like, starred in comedy movies in the 90s. It yeah. felt like it was just those three guys. Well, they, they kept trying to, like, make stars out of, like, younger guys. Like, I think about, like, like Sean William Scott after American Pie was put in a lot of comedies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worked. But that was, that like, was that was 2000. So. Yeah, yeah. No, right. American Pie came out in 2001. Was it really? Yeah. I thought it was 99. Did it? I thought I thought was the it first 99? one. Was okay, 99. yeah, you might yeah. be right. But yeah, no, you're right. I guess so. That wasn't even the '90s. So yeah, no, you're right. It was like Jim Carrey, Ben Stiller. Adam nah, dude, you're wrong. American Pie One came out in 2001. Came out on 9/11. <laughs> it, it, it faced heavy competition. Yeah, we were like, this is tragic, but thank God Jason Biggs fucks a pie in this movie, <laughs> so we can all laugh right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was something we all needed. 
I, brought the country I'm surprised together. you didn't fuck a pie in any of those other movies. That would have been dope. You think they would have brought that back? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't think they... they it should have just been bigger desserts. It's it's the Blu-ray version As... of American Pie. We also got Steve Carell fucking <laughs> a pie before he was famous. It's, it's not even him on the set. It's just him fucking an apple pie at home. It's, it's him on the streets of Chicago doing it to earn money for his education. Yeah. Like the second city. <laughs> you don't just get into the second city. They make you do stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't have that on good authority. I don't want to <laughs> make that, that statement about the Didn't second city. Didn't something happen with second city or like one of those? Uh, like the, the head of like either of second city or UCB like stepped down for being. Oh no, it was the, I think it was, it was like the, this is two separate people, but like, I think the recently like the head of the ucb stepped down for uh accusations of like racism and sexism and then also the booker for uh just for laughs oh really yeah last year he like got heavily called out for like saying racist and sexist shit wasn't there i remember a couple years back there was this whole thing with just for laughs where they only had one white man on the lineup which and the lineup and the white man was that guy from the south Oh, who does who, Southern Mama? The Southern Mama thing. Yeah, I always get he him, got booed. I always get him confused with J.P. Sears because they kind of look alike. You know, J, yeah. the guy who does like the like the vegan, ultra left yeah. character. Uh, I always get those guys confused. They kind of look alike. But yeah, the Southern Mama guy like got on stage on a show with like Dolce Sloan and like Chris Red. Chris Red, yeah. Chris, Chris was, Red. Chris Red at yelled at him afterwards. Yeah. Uh, but he like yeah he was like got on stage and was like. We don't need to like be talking about you know racism and sexism and all this stuff. I was just like, comedy's supposed to be funny. So here's thirty minutes of me impersonating a fat white lady in the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he no, got it didn't go well for that. No, he's not. And I don't now, think that guy has a career anymore. Well, he does than, like, in YouTube. like Tennessee. Like he does, yeah, he does shows there. Sure, state, sure. Yeah. But who gives a fuck about Tennessee? Right. Yeah, he's not going back to Canada again. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, come on the podcast, Southern Mama. I, I want to know. That would be amazing. I, don't know his I would love to is. interview that guy and be like, "What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think his favorite movie? Is? What were you, uh, Southern Mama? Yeah. Um, the Help, fucking Big Mama's House Three. <laughs> Cross dressing. <still. laughs> oh what, yeah, uh, that's another '90s comedy star. You could say we forgot about like Martin, Ma- Lawrence, Martin and Lawrence, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, but in the 90s, Eddie Murphy did was do, coming down did from... Did he do a lot more dramas in the 90s? Well, that was... Because in the 80s, he had a streak <clears throat> where, you know, it was like 48 <clears throat> hours, trading places, uh, coming to America. Beverly Hills Cops. Beverly, all the Beverly Hills Cops and stuff like that. But then in the... And then I think in the 90s, he did like Pluto and Ash. And like oh, that his, movie fucked him up. Yeah, and then also he shortly... I think in 1990 was when he did harlem harlem nights which he directed also and that was kind of a bomb Mm. and so i think studios didn't trust him as much too and he ended up taking these worst jobs and so i think in the 90s he was kind of like a failed like he was kind of seen as like there's that like famous david David spade Spade joke yeah Yeah, the falling star joke from snl right um, which is like apparently why eddie murphy didn't go back for all those years yeah no apparently he stormed into the offices and yelled at david spade for it um and then which I, I think speaks to the fact that Eddie Murphy thought he was kind of right. And that's probably why he was so hurt. Yeah, by yeah, I mean. Um, but then, yeah, the late 90s, I think it was late 90s, early 2000s, where he finally made his, like, family movie comeback with, like, Dr. Doolittle and stuff like that. Haunted Mansion. Haunted I loved Mansion. that movie. Classic. It's classic. Yeah, yeah, gosh. Um, Nutty Professor. S- spinning it back around to Norm and Dirty Work, what is, like, what is your favorite scene in the movie? Like, what do you think is the funniest scene? Um... 
gosh, what the f- do you have one in mind right now? Um, there are a couple that come to mind. I think the uh, whole Don Rickles movie theater scene oh, is yeah. one of the funniest scenes in the movie. I forgot to mention Don Rickles in the movie. Yeah, right. yeah, that's oh how good gosh. the cast is. Yeah. Um, from from the part of you know Don making fun of Artie for being fat and then being like, you think it's funny that I'm making fun of your friend for being fat and he's like and then he gets so specific he's like no i just thought it was funny when you, how you're talking into his belly like that <laughs> so that was hilarious and then the whole um like that's when they get like the idea for the business for the revenge for hire because like he's a don rickles is a huge prick and all the movie staff want to like get back at him but they need they need the job so they like offer Artie and norm money to like ruin his night so they uh in classic 90s fashion Put a gay porn on uh, the reel. Yep. And that whole scene of like, uh, you know, like them closing their eyes, like Artie looks back and he's like, note to self, Sam just looked at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. And then also it's just like, um, like them actually like watching the gay porn in the theaters, like men in black who like to have sex with each other. (laughs) The title of the gay porn is like. Oh, there's an alien that looks like a hot guy. We better have sex with it. Because <laughs> then they're they're almost kind of making fun of the whole gay porn joke as a concept. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's and you can tell because Norm Macdonald co-wrote the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. can tell that there's that ironic, you know, feeling to a lot of those jokes where it's like, yeah, we know the gay porn joke has been done before. The over-exaggerated everybody's story, like not just like walking out of the theater, but like running as if they were like. <laughs> About to be hit by a tidal wave. Where they trampled Don Rickles. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which would have killed an old <laughs> In real life would have murdered that elderly man. Uh, I think my favorite scene um, uh, might be the dead hooker in the trunk scene. That's, I a, think. that's a very funny scene. I so. think that's a fantastic scene. I also like... Um, uh, I like the bit when they're on the rooftop and it's, I like the whole thing where there's a conversation. It was after he reveals to Artie that Jack is also his dad. And then he's just like, uh, he says something like, they're, <laughs> they're joking about Artie's sister. And he's like, I guess your sister's my sister or something. And then he kind of, yeah. Laughs, and he's like, yeah, like, remember when you had sex with her? And then our Norm's like, Norm's like, Hey, how about we stop remembering stuff? Yeah. yeah that's like enough that. reminiscing. That's enough reminiscing. Yeah. And then at the end of it, they reveal that Artie's been peeing off the side the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and the guy who comes up is just absolutely drenched. <laughs> just like he's just dripping. He's like, "Oh, that was a, God, that was a hell of a piss." <laughs> that part is fucking hilarious, dude. But that's a great joke too, because it's like the idea that the guy just stood there and took the, the entire for that long. Yeah, <laughs> conceptually, some of the jokes don't even make sense, but they're right. still so funny. But it's they, an incredible visual. They lend themselves to that absurdist view that yeah. Norm always had. Um. I do like that genuinely, like, also, is a, like, in terms of writing, there's a lot of stuff in this that is, like, set up and comes back. Like, mm-hmm. like the brownies come back in the third act when they use yeah, those yeah. in their plan. And, oh, know, that was clever. Yeah, yeah, it was clever. Like, I appreciate that they're still, like, you know, they're still set up and payoff. That's a Chekhov's gun. In this case, it's a Chekhov's brownie, but, like... You yeah, know. yeah, I mean, they showed that there was still, like, as, as much as the movie was critically panned, there's, like, a lot of effort still clearly went into writing the script and making the script that funny, so... Well, I don't... Do you think this... I think that the movie was critically panned simply because the critics didn't quite get what it was doing. Do you... 
think that because i felt like they just thought this was just another run-of-the-mill comedy yeah well let's be honest critics never anytime something great comes out and critics say that it's bad i always go watch it because i'm assuming it's great yeah like anytime the critics are like this is garbage blah 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 it's you know it's just an affront to the movie making business i'm like all right that was gonna be a pretty good movie then (laughs) like they never fucking get it right yeah, and it's oh, and that's what makes a cult classic, especially which I guess this movie is kind of considered to be one where mm-hmm. it's like, it's the the people who like it, it intensely like it because they really see it for what it yeah, is. Yeah, and, yeah, and then you have like the flip side of that where like the highest rated movies of all time are some of like the not greatest movies ever. Which especially when you like Forrest Gump is one of the highest rated movies of all yeah. time. I'm like, you mean the movie where fucking grown woman fucks a retarded guy? <laughs> That's your fucking idea of a cinematic <laughs> classic, dude? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a bad movie. It is a good movie. But I'm just like, how is that content not objectionable to you, but fucking Norm MacDonald having fake dead hookers in the trunk of a car? That's that's morally wrong yeah. to you? Yeah, well, and it's, and it's entirely like the emotional manipulation of something like Forrest Gump, right? Yeah. It tricks you into saying, like, oh, this is... This is something to be nostalgic and yeah. Emotional and about. I, I I always tend to remember that like movie critics are uh like all the websites that print movie reviews are just owned by the movie companies anyways. Some of them, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to trust that. And there's this other thing where like critics get screeners, and sometimes if you give negative reviews, you run the risk of no longer getting screeners of those <laughs> movies. Oh, really? So it's this weird like you know snake eating its own tail kind of thing or it's just like we can't like the minute we criticize them we're not going to have anything to criticize like we're, we're gonna have to pay to see the movies ourselves or something you know oh um, I, I did not i was not aware of that. yeah th- that's not in every case but in the cases of like a lot of big studios that happens and and so it's like whenever like a movie it's like oh captain marvel has a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm like really like that was it that good right like like i'm not saying the movie's bad but like is it like is it like ninety eight percent of critics said this movie's great? Like well, I don't... Johnny, what you don't understand about Captain Marvel is that it single handedly dismantled the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel bad too because because that movie. Did you see Captain Marvel? You I know, didn't. No, it, it, I'm not a big superhero movie guy, man. Yeah, oh, that's so good. That's so liberating. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I kind of agree guy. with Martin Scorsese in a lot of ways about yeah. those movies. It's like, it's not that they're not bad or they're not good, um, and they're that just they're the not same. fun. It's just, yeah, it's the same. And every time I know what I'm getting at the end of the movie, I'm yeah. like, the good guys are gonna win. Like, we always make the joke here that the only good superhero movie is Endgame. Yeah. Or not Endgame, but uh, uh, what's the one before it? Infinity War. Infinity War. Because like you're like, oh sweet, half the good guys died at the end of that movie. That's yeah. like the only interesting superhero movie. I somewhere Dan Curry's like ripping his hair out, just like <laughs> that's fine. Just no, he doesn't listen to this, but that'd be <laughs> uh, no, no. I, I, yeah, I agree with you, and it's just like, how do you? I don't know, it's weird, like, this comes out in the 90s, people think, oh, this is another run-of-the-mill comedy, which yeah. they're wrong about, like, I do think it's, as we've been saying, like, it, it's it's ironic in a lot of ways, and seems to be poking fun at a lot of the conventions of what those comedies were, and at the same time, it's like, but how, how many times do we get the 100th movie that's exactly like all the other superhero movies but they're like it's another good one yeah marvel knocks it out of the park again like it's hey, like you guys want to watch adam sandler fuck a woman out of his league <laughs> again well and it's weird because it's like that 
the we forgive stuff being just like just like all the other things if we consider it to be a good thing if we consider yeah. this to be a good genre then it's okay for them all to just be ripoffs of each other yeah. but if we consider it to be disreputable like a 90s sex comedy with body leads and you know drugs or whatever and like it's like well that's a disreputable genre and so like once you start to rip the other ones off we're like no this is yeah i mean comedy is the most disrespected genre in terms of filmmaking Mm -hmm. and i think the a big problem with it is like a lot of critics have unrealistic expectations of what a comedy movie should be yeah they it seems like a lot of critics want like comedy movies to be like like tasteful and like artsy and i'm like yeah but that's not funny Right. Like, the only metric on which I judge a comedy movie by is how many times did I laugh out loud during yeah. the movie? That's well, it. And it's like you... The the movies that critics will often point to as, like, the great comedies or the great comedic filmmakers, they'll point to, like, a Woody Allen movie. Which Woody Allen's movies are dramas as well. Like, there's so many things. That, like, it's they're not... They're not just pure. They're not purely trying to make you laugh. They're incidentally yeah. comedies as well as a drama or a romantic movie or something. Yeah. Or they'll point to like Edgar Wright, and it's like his movies are these incredibly like, like hyper, you know, planned out and eccentric like action movies and horror what did movies. He, make? And he made like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, okay, okay. And yeah, 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 Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and Baby Driver. Is Edgar Wright the guy who plays Shaun of the Dead? No, that's uh, uh, Simon Pegg. Okay, yeah. But but like those movies have that they're, they're more than just comedies. There's something else. Where it's like, as far as a movie being a pure comedy, most people don't respect that as being a genre. You know? Yeah. It has to be. There has something to be else some sort of plot funny. and resolution. I mean, and most most comedy movies, even on the like lowest level of that, still accomplish that, and they right. still get you know just decimated by critics because I'm just like. I, I never understood that. I, I could watch a movie with, like, the most nonsensical, stupid, like, juvenile plot, and as long as it's, like, hilarious, yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And like, This Is the End is a movie that comes to mind. Yeah. As, like, a comedy that is so unnecessary and juvenile, but it's justified by purely by how funny the movie is. And it's it's smartly juvenile too. Yeah, exactly. Like like it's very smart. There's like a difference. Like there's a difference between having something that's just juvenile and something that's like because what is juvenile is the question. And is like juvenile men acting like children. Like yeah, that happens in a lot of comedies. But yeah, there's different versions of that. Like I think Grown Ups is kind of lazy. Uh, mm, yeah. Which Norm Macdonald's in that movie also. But like I feel like that's a movie that. It just feels lazy. It doesn't feel like they really wrote anything. It feels like Adam Sandler hanging out with his friends. and That, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like... And then they recorded it. They went on a vacation. A lot of his movies are like, they went on vacation, they recorded it, and now it's a movie. Um, you don't think that the opening scene in Grown Ups 2, when Adam Sandler gets pissed on by the deer, the is CGI one of the, the funniest scenes in a <laughs> cinematic history? those scenes like that kind of transcend to me where they're so unfunny that i laugh yeah exactly like just the way that it. i love that too though if something can (laughs) if something can make me laugh for that reason that's almost better than laughing for at something being funny because it's it's the complete lack of subtlety where like it's like the deer comes into the room and you can make a joke out of that but it just stands on its hind legs pees on adam sandler and he's just like an obnoxious amount of piss too like like a fire hydrant was just unleashed on a hot summer day yeah like it's that amount of piss 
<laughs> no, actually, now that I think of it, those movies are great. Now that now yeah, I've... they're awful movies, but they're really enjoyable. <laughs> but that's different in a way from something like Dirty Work, whereas Dirty yes. Work makes me laugh a lot, but I actually think it's smartly written. Oh, yeah. No. And very cleverly performed. Like, I think there is, there is like, a, a strategy to Norm MacDonald's performance, even though it seems like he's aloof and disconnected. Like, that's part of what makes every single line work. Yeah, I... I mean, I think, you know, just in terms of, I, and I guess I'll circle back to, like, uh, the, the movie theater scene and the Men in Black thing. I think what makes me enjoy that movie so much is, like, a lot of the dialogue just sounds like something that we would, like, say here. Yeah. Like, if we, if at Salsa <laughs> Parlor we were making a Men in, like, a gay porno <laughs> Men in Black sketch, that is the dialogue you would hear in the, the porno is... Yeah. Oh hey, look, there's an alien that looks like a hot guy. We better have sex with it. That's exactly what we would like something like that that we would do. So I think that's part of the reason I like shit like that so much and I like a lot of the comedy that Norm does cuz it honestly a lot of what he does just feels like the way a lot of my friends joke around with each other and yeah. the way a lot of comics I know joke around with each other. So I think that's part of it. And, and I think that speaks to what, how ahead of his time he was because I mean, Norm Macdonald was 61 when he passed away just last week, and he he was seven years older than my dad. And like my dad, I don't, I couldn't see my dad or any of his friends laughing that much at Norm Macdonald or, or getting him quite much. Yeah, you know? I couldn't show. I don't think I could show a single member of my family, right? Like Norm stand up, and they would be like, "This guy is the the fucking a one, one of the best." Yeah, but he's a huge hit to us. Like we're all like between our 20 and 35 right and we all yeah. worship him right like yeah, he's yeah. considered one of the and and i think it says something too where when he passed literally every single person involved with comedy was eulogizing him like even comedians that norm had talked shit about and disrespected in the which past are many. <laughs> which are many yeah. uh still were like yeah he's still i still respect him carrot top i think he's one of the greatest carrot top said something nice about him yeah of uh, course he even carrot top even showed the clip of norm shitting on him the chairman of the board the chairman thing. of the board that shit is so I'm, funny I'm dude Conan, which is one of his greatest bits one of his greatest interviews which he just did on I, the spot i will say i think norm is the hands down the greatest late night guest of all time oh for sure like yeah. hands down of all time and i think uh i actually credit him for single-handedly keeping like ir- ironic detachment in comedy alive yeah uh because when you really think about it like norm Norm doing his style of comedy post 9-11 must yeah. have been real. It, like when irony was just dead and everything was, you know, either say what you mean. Right. It was that that was like the attitude of the country for him to like go ahead and plow forward with that style and just yeah. keep it alive. Um, I mean, I credit him for kind of almost burgeoning like a resurgence of that style. Because, I mean, you, you see a lot of these comedians now like come town's a good example of people just having like ironic detachment in stand-up right. and or on podcasting um and i think a big part of that sticking around was was because of norm yeah i i think you're right and um i mean 9-11 another punching bag for him too in his comedy but yeah i also wanted to mention one comic that he really hated 
outwardly was Bill Maher. He would say, yeah. like, he, he, I remember him saying, like, I've never met a less funny person than Bill Maher. <laughs> and even Bill Maher just the other day was saying, like, yeah, no, Norm Macdonald's a great comic, rest in peace. So it's like, yeah. even these people who probably had a grudge with him for what he said still just couldn't deny that. You fact. can't deny somebody yeah. that great, even yeah. if you, you know, have your own personal quarrels with them or whatever. Right. Uh, one last thing I wanted to say, one kind of, like, uh, before sure. I get to the negative reviews. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, really excited for those. I... Uh, was that I I was thinking watching this movie that it would make a great double feature with Half Baked, um, yeah, because they would both comedies about like a guy trying to raise a bunch of money in a short amount of time, uh, and then also and I found this out afterwards, which is really interesting. So Bob Saget directed this movie, yeah, um, and this movie was being filmed the same time as Half Baked, and they were oh, actually really? staying in the same hotel as the crew, and that's how Bob Saget ended up getting his cameo in Half Baked. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot of sense yeah. then, yeah. Because yeah. that is like, that is a classic comedy movie cameo. Mm-hmm. It's like, I people, used to suck dick for coke. People talk about Bob Saget, like if somebody talked about Bob Saget in Half Baked, you'd think he's like the main actor of the movie. Because people just With bring, how much they reference They that, associate yeah. him with that movie so much, and he has one line in the movie. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that would be, an, um, I think, an incredible double feature, because they're both, yeah, they're like, and then they both star two of the greatest comedians of, you know, modern generation. That uh, would be a great Norm McDonald We should do Jim that Brewer. soon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Dude, great. Uh, what's, what's going on with him lately, man? Real quick, uh, before we get into these reviews, I, I kind of see him going on like a red pill tangent. Yeah, for the record, I said Jim Brewer jokingly. <laughs> Obviously, Dave Chappelle is the lead of Half-Baked, but Jim Brewer has a supporting role. And uh, yeah, no, he, um, uh, yeah, he's going on this thing because he's refusing to do venues, to perform at venues where... Um, they require masking mm. or proof of okay. um, of vaccination. And so he went on like Tucker Carlson to talk about it, which that was a really funny interview because Jim Brewer's like kind of doing bits still. Like he's making his argument, but he's still like doing, He's still being hilarious old Jim Brewer. He's cause... still doing jokes and but Tucker's still doing his Tucker face, like like squinting and nodding like he's making good points. Yeah, like yeah, Tucker yeah. doesn't know how to react to a guy doing comedy on his show. Um but yeah, no, it's like, it's a little... But then also this created tension where Tim Dillon decided not to do this. He's still performing at venues that do this because, you know, he's yeah. sensible and wants to... Make money. Per- make money and perform in as many places as he can. And so his fans in other places can see him. Uh, and uh, he, a lot of his fans, because uh, Tim Dillon has like... The, there's a section of his fans that are like, you know, kind of like anti covid regulations and stuff like that oh yeah sure and so a lot of them were going like you changed man and they're just like you've like this is oh, oh you're God. selling out you should be more like jim brewer so like that's how i first heard about it was people replying to him on twitter saying like you got to be more like jim brewer he's yeah he gets it i will say the uh and i'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of his personally i've yeah. seen i saw jim brewer live he's a hilarious comic he's great so funny yeah. so funny to watch live uh, the thing I hate about when something like this happens is, and this only happens in like open mic scenes, like professional comics don't ever give a shit about anything like this, right, right? but like I've been hearing like since he did that or like made those statements, I've been hearing a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, open micers that we know being like, oh, he was never funny to begin with. He can just, oh good. I don't want to see him anyways. He's just going to do goat boy. And it's like, dude, I want to tell you all you open micers that are shitting on him. Um, you would never ever in a million years be able to follow him on stage. <laughs> That's what I, the point I really want to get across yeah. is, uh, just because you disagree with him doesn't all of a sudden make you hot shit at comedy. You're still really bad at this. 
No, that's a very powerful point. I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you made this podcast. I'm just really annoyed with like a lot of people in comedy and the way they're acting right now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's the point I wanted to get across. Well, it's funny when you're, like, you're bad at comedy. Open micers get this way where they act like they have a platform and they do this like... They get of, really indignant like they mean yeah, something. And very you, nobody. Indignant. Very like principled... Talking like they're like kind of a typical like you're Hollywood somebody, lib. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you actually have power and influence. You're nobody, right? And I want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you thought you were just a I'm little nobody bit of a too, but yeah. I know that. <laughs> um, I do. I'm not just a little bit on the topic. I do feel like because this has happened with Norm too. I think it's unfortunate that a lot of people on the right try to like appropriate some comics just because they they're on pc or whatever or they mm-hmm. get or or like you know they people try to cancel them yeah automatically like i was in a norm mcdonald uh facebook group like a memes group and it turned out it was just like this huge right-wing thing and like it was <laughs> this covert thing i got in there every single meme was like diabolically right-wing i can't even get i can't even tell you the extent to which it was because I, I it's kind of like yeah well un- now unpleasant. we're in like a weird uh environment in comedy where it's like anytime somebody is not a politically correct comedian yeah um the right automatically assumes like oh he's one of us right yeah oh, he's like like come town's a great example like on patreon they have like a an a Nazi tier, where it's like, if you're an actual Nazi, this is what you have to pay for the Patreon. Because <laughs> they do have listeners who just don't fucking get, like, what they're doing. And, like, right. I think they're being for real. So they have that whole fucking tier. Pro- like, Nick and Stavros and stuff, like, their politics are pretty progressive, actually. Yeah, like, they're not leftists. I would say they're more, like, populists yeah. than anything. They're, they're definitely like not leftists. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They've been described as, like, the dirtbag left. Yes. Is what yeah. I've, I've been And they've kind of crossed over with Chapo Trap House, too. Which yeah. Is- yeah, Similar. they all know each other. I was actually yeah. listening to uh, a Red Scare episode with Nick Mullen on it, like, yesterday. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Uh, well, and um, I was going to say, speaking of which, Norm MacDonald, one of the last uh, political um, endorsements he ever made was Andrew Yang. So, like, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, and then also, like, people do that with Dave Chappelle. It's like, Dave Chappelle's not right-wing. Like, what's the no, matter with you? No, no, not do you, at all. Like, would he actually, like, just because the guy thinks he should be allowed to say some stuff on stage that maybe people don't like doesn't mean he also doesn't yeah. believe in health care <laughs> like like it's welfare program very odd that anybody would ever assume he's right wing because i don't know if he still is but i know at one point he was like a devout muslim yeah it's like that's yeah. no he's not right wing. <laughs> right no, no, yeah he really right. loves the group of people that hate the way he believes in his faith <laughs> he really identifies with you guys because he disagrees with this side well it's like the people who want to appropriate him to the right wing side like just per they pretend stuff like the, when he talked about george floyd they just pretend that doesn't exist like they just don't even acknowledge that yeah thing that he did um so i went to letterboxd which i don't know if you've heard of letterboxd it's uh, yeah i know what it is okay um and i looked up half star reviews for dirty work this okay. is a half star out of five nice um this one says, Norm MacDonald has exactly one tone. This movie is the first I've seen that puts him in the spotlight. It doesn't exactly pan out. Um, I disagree. <laughs> I, 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 that's just a person who I think... Uh, I mean, he does have exactly one tone. That's correct. Yeah. It's a good tone, though. Um, one, uh, half star, sorry to all my guy friends, but this movie sucks. <laughs> and then... They, sorry, bros. <laughs> And then don't he, crack open a cold one to this piece of shit. 
that's because this... the frat guys get the shit kicked out of him by the cops in the movie. That's why I didn't like it. Yeah, no, this is probably a frat guy. Probably. Yeah. They all watched it as a house. When it got this to is Brian scene. from Delta Kappa Psi <laughs> telling you not to watch Dirty Work. It fucking sucks. Brian out. He, he like, picks the movie, but then all of his brothers halfway through are like, Brian, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> And then it's, there's a, sorry, so it's like, sorry to my guy friends, but this movie sucks. Big paragraph change, and then, and so does Swingers. That Vince Vaughn movie? Yeah, yeah, they're just doubly wrong. I thought people like Swingers. Yeah, well, bros, like, I guess guy friends, like, I don't know, do any frat guys get beat up at Swingers? I don't remember. I don't know, I don't think so. I hope so. Um, it, this is a funny one. Half a star, this is the best film ever, all right? <laughs> That's a true Norm fan. Actually. That, that, was actually, that guy I, actually liked the movie. I think he gets it. Yeah, yeah, he, he gets it. Um, another one. Uh, this is actually one star out of five. Um, obviously outdated, but I still laughed. I've always been a fan of Norm and his delivery. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think that's how Norm would have wanted it. That's yeah. how he wanted to be eulogized in a negative review for his movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, I don't know, there was some joke that I saw, some comment on YouTube that was making fun of Norm dying, but in a way that he would have thought it was funny, and I can't, I, I'm blanking on what it was right now, so. Yeah. Well, I, the one that I hopped on before, I think, any, I thought I was the first to get there, but I'm sure I wasn't, was just saying, like, uh, uh, Norm McDonald died, I didn't know he was sick, which which is just one of his jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but um Somebody, uh, the I'm Not Norm YouTube channel, which everyone should check out if they haven't seen it. Yep. It's been around for years, but, like, now has been, you know, putting out a lot of stuff after mm-hmm. his death. Um, they, uh, they, they put together, they, so they started with that clip of him saying, like, when, um, it's him and, who's the comedy store guy that's on his show? Uh, uh it's his sidekick. Yeah, the guy, his producer. Um, yeah. But he does talks. He mentions like, well, Hitler died like fifty years ago, and then he's like, he died. I didn't even know he was sick. Like that's the joke. <laughs> and then they, and then they just, and then like right after that, they have a compilation of all of these people reacting to the death of Norm Macdonald and very sincerely saying, I didn't even know he was sick. And it's like everyone's like, this was the long con. This was the joke. Yeah. Because he was secretly struggling with cancer for nine years. Just to result in everyone saying I didn't know he was sick about him. Right, so. right. <laughs> um, He's the king of the long bit. Yeah, yep. Um, so that being said, do you have anything else you want to say before we're before we're done? Um, just that if you are listening to this and if you're like not super familiar with Norm's work, to just check it out and just watch as much of it as you possibly can because it's all all of it is funny yeah there's not a single thing he ever did on tv that wasn't hilarious so uh yeah just just watch his stuff and you know uh keep his memory alive i guess he's he's clearly like almost every comic's favorite comic so yeah I, i think he's almost more relevant now than ever um yeah and uh also uh, I want to make sure we reiterate, if you're an open micer and you hate Jim Brewer, you're nothing. You are nothing. You're d- literally nothing. Yep. Um, so, thank you, Jake. Yeah, no this. problem, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime. Uh, we definitely should do a Freddy Got Fingered one day. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that, and then we'll get we'll get that double feature going at the parlor one night. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah sounds good, man. Great. All right. Times are hard. Somebody who can do the job for free
All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of We Are Movies. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Thank you to my guest, Jake Ford, for coming on uh, for a wonderful tribute to a great movie and an amazing comic that I think we'll always love and cherish for the rest of our careers. Uh, um, I just laughed when I said careers. That's not... That's probably not a good thing. Anyway, um, thank you to Jake. And uh, make sure you uh, check out his music. He's got his EP, Ope, uh, that's recently been put out. Also, he's part of the band Party, P-A-R-T-I. They have a recent album called Happy List Deluxe Edition. Um, I will link you to all of that stuff in the description on this episode and uh, you can also find jake on instagram at comic jake ford and you can also find him at jake ford music uh depending on which part of his life uh you're a fan of um personally i'm a fan of both and i would follow both if you are a fan of this podcast uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at We Are Movies Pod. You can like the Facebook page, We Are Movies. You can also, um, what do we, oh, oh yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at Johnny Mockney, J O H N N Y M O C N Y. That is all I have for you today. I will be back with you very soon. Uh, and until then, this is Johnny Mockney saying, Rest in peace, Norm. We all love you. No more.